1: Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant at Boldside. Hey, Em. Hey,
2: Shell. Emily Bowen here, and I am COO at Rare Kind. And today, we're to, have we not done a part one and part two? Maybe. For a while or ever? We, I, I
1: can't remember. Maybe we did. Anyway, well, we are doing one today, and it's a really important,
2: exciting, I think, topic. Absolutely. So make sure that you listen today and you also come back next Monday and listen to part two because you need both halves of this. Yes,
1: and it's really good timing. We're talking about how to prepare for
2: a pay and performance review. Oh, isn't it just our favourite time of year? And I say that a little sarcastically, it might not have come through, but I know this is one that makes people nervous or a bit edgy or a bit like, Oh, what's this all about? And so our goal, speaking of nerves,
1: is to take the nerves out of it so that you walk in and you are super prepared, you've done your homework and you are best placed to kick massive goals next
2: year and get that pay rise. Totally. And it's a funny thing, I guess, to just start to go down that path of calming the nerves. These conversations, I wholeheartedly believe, are about you. Absolutely, we're linking them to the business and we'll we'll talk about that often through this conversation. They are about you, so it's really important that you do take the time to prepare in order to get the most out of it.
1: So, Em, the way we've kind of broken this down, as we've been kind of prepa- we've been preparing for having this conversation about preparing for a pay and performance review. And part one, we're going to focus on how to prepare for the performance conversation. So whatever that looks like, and we're going to talk about all the differences between different, you know, there's lots of ways businesses do this. But what we want you to do is walk in really prepared for having that discussion about your own performance. And then in part two, which is coming out the following week, we're going to be talking about preparing for the pay side of the conversation.
2: All right, Em, do you want to kick us off with the first piece of advice of how to do this? Yeah, I'm, I'm even going to call it step one, I guess. We've just talked about preparation and before you can really prepare for the conversation itself, you need to understand what the process looks like. In my experience working with different businesses and also over the years at Rare Kind, what I've seen is that sometimes these conversations can be really informal and sometimes they can be very formal and structured and other times they're they're at a point between those two places. I've seen variations of these conversations falling in two parts or being in one meeting. I've seen them being uh, an annual event or a quarterly event, like so many different variations. Now, it wouldn't surprise me if your business communicates with you proactively to make sure that you're aware of what to expect and what sort of timing and so on and so forth. But there may be yeah, I guess little details or there may be a lack of information in some places so what we want to do is step one is we want to make sure that we actually have an understanding of what the process is
1: yeah that's right it's working out and if it's listed some companies will have like a pay and performance review kind of policy or procedure or whatever so do your research on that but a lot of places probably won't have that level of detail so if you don't know ask around like yeah. ask people, what is this process? If you've never done it before or maybe they've introduced something new and they're trying out a new structure, ask around about how other people are preparing. You can ask your teammates, you can actually ask your boss and we'll get more into that in a moment. But you want to know what's the tone. Is it formal? Is it informal? How do you show up? How do you actually uh, – prepare in terms of what documentation do you need to do? Are there forms to fill out? There's a lot of things that you can be doing in advance. And it's funny, Em, how many people don't prepare.
2: Mm -hmm. Like it always
1: surprises me. And so one of the things I love is when people walk into these conversations and they have done their homework and it really makes you stand out in that discussion with your manager that you can come in and you've actually had the insight and foresight to, to plan for the discussion, it really makes a difference. And your boss automatically will be looking at you thinking, yes, I'm really happy this person's done some preparation because it shows that you value the work that you're doing.
2: Totally. It shows that you care. It shows that you're invested in your own future and it will make for a much richer conversation. So, I like to even find out little things in uh, you know, where is it going to be held? So, for example, I'll typically have this conversation over coffee with my team. And that brings just this really nice, relaxed conversational vibe. It doesn't take away from the fact that they have put in a lot of preparation, and so have I. But it just allows us the space. You are away from the office. And I make sure that the people in my team know that beforehand. Because when they're – I I know what we're like as humans and we like to plan these conversations in our head and script them out before they even happen to try and calm our nerves. And if they can at least visualize the setting that they're going to be in and and I guess I'm trying to remove the unknown, as many unknowns as possible, I just – I feel like that will bring a nice sense of calmness. So if there's even questions like that or how long do you expect it to take, is it a half an hour, is it an hour, is it two hours – Ask those questions. There's there's no questions off the table in getting to know the process beforehand.
1: And that reminds me, we want to know if the pay stuff is included. Oh yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's a really good so, one, actually.
1: So if your business does these, let's say they do it quarterly, is there a quarterly review? Is there a quarterly bonus? Or is there most businesses wouldn't review salaries quarterly necessarily. So working out what is that agreement around pay, is pay part of the conversation? And therefore, what does that mean for you of preparation? If pay is not included, and I was talking to someone the other day who does an annual performance review, but pay wasn't part of it. What does that mean for for you? Because I still think it's important that you bring it up because you want to be having conversations about pay, but it does influence how you raise it. Because if it's not a part of the discussion, well, you still need to a way to bring it up but we just we'll talk about that in our next episode part two where you can plan around that but get clear beforehand
2: is pay included in this discussion all right the next important part of preparing we would call step two and that is getting clear on what does your boss want and uh, we just gotta laugh because we're having this serious conversation and then M's cat is just Everywhere. Like, oh, it's always the way when we're here, and I've got one hand (laughs) holding a mic and another hand just trying to push this cat away, but he just loves us so much. It's funny because
1: you're talking so seriously, but you're just able to kind of (laughs) move him away without even losing your focus. Whereas I get so distracted, and I'm like, what is happening? But I guess we're here today because my kids are at home, so we've got all distractions everywhere. Anyway, what does my boss want? This is an important one because. Your boss is essentially the decision maker on your performance really and on if you're getting a pay rise out of this discussion. So knowing what they want, knowing what matters to them because different things matter to different bosses. I've had bosses who really primarily care about Execution, which is very common. They want to know you've got the things done. But then others who weight the culture side of things way more heavily. So, how much are you contributing to the culture of the business? Are you adding value relationally? Are you demonstrating the behaviors or the values consistently? So, you want to figure that out beforehand, know what they want, because it changes how we would frame up the discussion. And
2: that's an important point to tease out. What we're not saying here. We're not saying that you should be dishonest or come up with, uh, I don't like the L word, but we don't want you to lie. We don't want you to feel like, oh, this is what my boss wants, so I'll just play into that and say what I think they want me to, you know, what what I think that they want to hear rather. What we are saying, however, is still be true to yourself and your experiences, but just dial up or dial down certain aspects, whether it be that culture-based, that objectives-based, that, you know, organisational goals-based conversation.
1: And you can tell the things that your boss is interested in and in the lead-up to these discussions be looking for in safe, there's team meetings, if there's conversations, if you have like a daily or weekly stand-up really start to tune into the things that they're saying and that'll give you the indicator of the things that matter to
2: them so the questions they ask questions. i often think a really good indicator is if one person is giving an update on their project or the work that they're doing and it's just like okay what questions are the is the boss asking what are those common like what's the common theme when they do say oh actually Sorry, Shell. sorry to interrupt, but can you tell me a little bit more about this? Yeah. What is the this so that they're asking good. about? Yeah. I
1: love that. And that is good. It's like, it it's just that little flicker because sometimes you don't get, you may not get many moments with them one-on-one to actually dig into this, but it's really paying attention. I love the questions are such a good highlight
2: of what matters to them. And even the level of detail they like to go to. I know I've worked with some leaders who they just want big picture. They just want to know, are we on track or are we not? Have we hit the outcome? Have we not? Don't really fancy knowing about how you got there. I just want to know the big picture. I've also worked with the opposite where it's like down to the tin tax, step-by-step, every little detail – they just want to get confident and clear on it being thought of.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm laughing in my mind to myself because I'm, I'm giggling even when I've heard like Glenn James who runs the My Millennial Money podcast about his, him doing performance reviews with his staff and hey to everyone on the production team who's listening and probably giggling to themselves about this. But like if you got into a huge amount
2: of detail with Glenn, he just he just glazed over. Absolutely. Like, but, and probably <laughs> change the subject, just ask some other question to like get off that topic. So
1: it is working out. What do they want? Are they a detail-oriented person in which case, yes, go into that level of detail, or do they like high level and do they like directness? Because it's it's uh, the more you, you can target your communication, yes, it's not about lying or manipulating it. It's just being able to communicate on a way in a way that makes the most sense to that person. Yeah,
2: meet the audience.
1: Absolutely. Okay, next one, and we Love this one. Step three, bring your own feedback. B-Y-O-F. Yeah, we're totally going to like turn that into something, right? Bring your own feedback. And you know what? You can really stand out by doing this. I'm going to say it again. You can stand out in the best possible way. Come prepared with your own feedback. And No, I've said this before, but so many people miss the moment to prepare for these conversations. And if you do this, I can't wait to hear the stories that come out because as a person who's managed many people, I've sat in on I think like hundreds potentially.
2: More than you'd like to admit. Of of (laughs) these
1: conversations. And I don't see this happen often, but when I do, it's like the manager just lights up. When someone comes in and they're like, okay, okay, here's the strengths that I think I've demonstrated and I want to work on these more and I want to leverage these more. And then here's my growth areas. Gosh, it just, it just takes, it actually makes that manager's job a lot easier, but it shows that they've had the self-awareness and um, preparation to think through what are the opportunities for me? How can I grow in um, myself in order to benefit the
2: business. Okay. So let us get really clear on that. When you say bring your own feedback, we're talking about feedback of self. Feedback of self. Okay. So I was, uh, having I
1: had a client meeting the other day and the director said the most amazing thing. And when she talks about feedback, she was saying it's the good and the growth. She's like, I like um, that. Oh. I was like, oh, yes, I nice. love this language. So she she comes prepared for feedback with staff members of here's the good things you've done. Here's what I want to see more of. I love this. And here's the growth. And what I made me think of was, well, she's preparing that for her team members, but why can't we be preparing that for our performance conversations? And if I'm meeting with you, Em, and you're my manager, I'm coming to you saying, Em, here's the good. This is what I think I did in the last review period that was good. I met these goals and I went above and beyond over here. And here's my strengths that I have been working on and and using in my day-to-day work. And, And here's my growth opportunities. I think I dropped the ball over here and I'd love your help in working that out. I'd love your help growing in that area. And if you have ideas about how I can grow, here's what I'm thinking. I can do X, Y, and Z, but is there anything that maybe I've missed?
2: I really like this because I'm a massive advocate for this idea of career self-reliance, which is basically that your career is on you. It's not the responsibility of anyone else. You will absolutely have cheerleaders and support people and your manager is one of those. However, at the end of the day, whether you're in the current business or you move on to a different business or you start your own business, it's on you. So the ability to actually own the feedback, the, the good and the growth, and then to do something with that, if others help you with that, if you get that support of your manager and it's on their radar, that's a bonus.
1: And there's really easy ways to prepare for this. And so I'd love – even if, if you just think back to my example where I was telling talking to Em about my growth opportunities – I did say I want you to help me find those, but come prepared with with ways you're going to develop, regardless of whether the manager gives you that. So, if you're saying that maybe you're not strong in strategic thinking, and that's something an area you want to get better in of thinking about the macro view and and having um future planning be part of your skill set, well, come prepared and say, hey, Am, I'm reading these books to help me think about this, and I've identified that. I've actually found this course, it's online, it's something that I'd love to talk to you about, about whether it's a possibility for work to kind of help me in this area and coming in with those things prepared, it actually helps the manager to get to a yes with you because they're seeing how you're connecting the dots, they're not the one necessarily needing to think of the ideas, but you're doing some of that hard work for them
2: which is good for them, but it's really good for you. That's a really nice practical example, actually. So when it comes to training and development requests, if you have done your own research and found the course that you'd like to go and do or the couple of courses that you're open to doing and you are then presenting that as a business case to say, here's what I found, here's what it costs, here's how I would like to contribute and here's how I'm hoping you may contribute – it's you're so much closer to a yes than if you turn up and say, I'd really like to do more training and development in strategic thinking. What do you think I should do? Or what could you organize for me? Mm, Yeah, it's the ownership. It absolutely is. Yeah. And it's taking the workload. Everybody, we all know that we all have a lot on our plate. So the more that you can do the work and all your manager has to do is say, assess it and say yes or no, or maybe or not now, rather than them having to go away and feel like they need to come up with the solution for you the sooner you and more easy you will find that you receive a yes absolutely before we get into the
1: next one we're just going to go to a quick break
0: hey thanks for listening we love learning how to do all things well which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics so go and check out my millennial investor my millennial property my millennial money medical my millennial health My Millennial Business, and My Millennial Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: All right, we're back. So the next one really ties in with this bring your own feedback. It's build your own stretch goals.
2: Yeah, this is cool, particularly if – Uh, look, probably regardless of whether you do quarterly reviews or annual, but particularly if you're doing an annual review conversation and you're mapping out the next 12 months, because the things that are stretched for you now or the things that you find are a little bit more challenging, it won't be long and they'll be on autopilot for you. So the ability to see further into the future and, and understand and appreciate that actually the stuff that's challenging you now, it won't be a challenge forever. So what comes next? We've already started touching
1: on how you do this really with those examples around what books, what courses. I guess we're trying to get into that more tangible mode now. So, you're bringing your own goals and for me, that looks like here's the three things I'm going to focus on to grow in those areas and it might be let's use strategic thinking again. So this is my goal. I want to grow in strategic thinking. And so I'm going to read these books. I'm going to try and do this course and hey, can you help fund it? We'll we'll talk about that in the next episode. And you're also going to find ways to learn on the job. One of the things we know about learning is this rule of 70-20-10. And it's something um, Em and I both know have worked in HR and many of you will have probably heard it. And it's rules for essentially developing and growing and it's about 70% of learning happens on the job. So 70% of learning happens by doing and then 20% happens through coaching and mentoring and 10% happens by going to courses or studying, which is interesting when you think about how our learning is typically set up, which is more geared towards um, classroom style, learning, uni, all that stuff. What I want you to hear and take away from this is, Find on-the-job learning opportunities. Find those ways that you can be learning by doing a project that maybe is a stretch for you, that maybe you haven't done before. Put yourself in those positions where you're on the job learning rather than looking for, can I just do this course because I'm going to tick the box by
2: um, attending that. It can even be uh, that you sit with your manager and you explain that you would like to have more of a certain kind of conversation over the next 12 months. So... It's often the things that pull us up or that we procrastinate on or that we feel most nervous about is some sort of communication with someone else or people that feels tricky, feels difficult, feels hard, feels unknown. And there may be a time in your career where one of your stretch goals is that you would like to show up and have those particular conversations more often.
1: Yeah, that's so true, Em. I feel like when we talk about tough things that happen at work, they tend to centre around communication and conversations.
2: Yeah, so when we talk about on-the-job learning and that being 70%, you can absolutely go and do a course on how to have a difficult conversation. You can find out the formula. But ultimately, spending the next 12 months practising that craft and moving it closer to that autopilot mode is where you're going to get the biggest bang for buck. And I also want to put a little asterisk on this step four of build your own stretch goals and say, this is going to be key to the pay review conversation also.
1: Yeah, that's right. It becomes really important because what we want to be thinking about in pay is, okay, well, what have we done over the past that's helped us to, I suppose, position ourselves for an increase? And then thinking forward, you always want to be thinking about that next conversation. So it's forward planning to go, here's the things I'm going to do to actually set myself up for the next one of these as well. And if you're doing this regularly, you're really setting yourself up. As I, I know I've banged on about this, but you want to stand out. If an organisation has 1,000 people you and they're having 1,000 of these conversations, make yourself stand out by doing this. And I guarantee you're setting yourself up not just to receive a pay rise now but in the future for your next one. And if we think about the on-the-job learning, I've said on-the-job learning and I always I always like repeat myself and cringe when I listen back. And ma'am and I do listen back to these episodes. So, so that we can learn and be better. That's right. That's exactly right. And this is on-the-job learning for us. Look for challenging experiences. Look for the things that are going to potentially cause you some discomfort that's the, that's the growth space. That's that zone where you are going to experience the deepest forms of learning. So l- identify those and bring them into this conversation saying, here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to lead this project. I'd love to have more of these conversations. And your boss will be more inclined to go, yes, absolutely. And how can I help?
2: For me, I guess if I can just insert one other idea in here for people to think on, also try not to sort of snap this in in half where you've got oh that was last year and this is the next year because they'll they'll be an evolution and there might be some things that you've tackled in the month prior to this conversation that you want to continue to work on so some of those stretch goals might be things that you've already started but they're very they're still very new and you have not yet mastered them so uh, as we're speaking don't feel like you need to reinvent the wheel every year this is just a really nice little milestone conversation that you're having with your manager where. They shouldn't get any surprises. You hopefully have been sharing this with them informally before now. Uh, but this is just that that line in the sand where you're able to really go, okay, I'm being purposeful, intentional. We're both taking time out, distraction-free to have the conversation and to, to uh, I guess, recommit or to commit for the first time perhaps to things that you want to focus on going forward. Yes, I love that. M. Okay, number five is, again, preparatory. And it's about committing to yourself in advance how you want to respond to the feedback that you receive. When you receive feedback in a performance review process, in an ideal world, there's no surprises. So again, in an ideal world, you've been having regular, perhaps informal conversations with your manager, and they've been giving you timely feedback, they've been giving you feedback on the job, and you show up and you basically just spend more time unpacking that, debriefing on that, re you know just rehashing that there may be those situations where you do feel somewhat caught off guard you feel surprised or you haven't heard something before and it's really important in advance to make sure that you have made that commitment to yourself about how you would like to respond in that conversation
1: oh and this is so helpful because Yes, ideally, we don't want to have any surprises. We want to walk in and and I know, here's my growth areas and Em's on the same page. She's like, yep, absolutely, they're the, they're the things you need to work on. But not every manager, as we know, is good at this. And some managers really just wait for these annual conversations, which is really sad and annoying. Not what we would recommend. <laughs> not what we would recommend, but they do. So they they wait till these conversations and if that's you – we, we, what we're saying to you is, yes, it sucks they haven't prepared and done their bit or, or the, it sucks that you're getting a surprise feedback but agree internally about how you want to respond. So you can't control what they do but you can control what you do and so come into the conversation going regardless of the surprise factor, if they come, come with feedback and it's like, holy crap, that was a real shock and that's really rattled me, absolutely have natural reactions to things but agree to go um, before I get defensive, I'm going to ask questions, or before I shut down, maybe in that conversation, I'm going to ask some questions of them to really uncover what it is they're trying to say. And by agreeing in advance, you're really setting up your response to handle the conversation
2: as well as you can. I really like in these situations, again, so much of this conversation and the success of it is based on preparation. I like to have a few little scripts in my mind that I can pull out when the emotion does start to set in yeah. or that you know response is triggered that feels a little bit more like it's emotionally driven even if you hide it
1: so what I, and i'm jumping the gun because i really want to I know, know i'm, the I'm scripts. like just let me get the
2: sentence out i can see <laughs> Shel
1: like, on the edge I mean, of her I'm microphone on, on the edge of my microphone and seat yes. what are the scripts like what oh, kind of things would you be saying to
2: if if say your manager came with a big surprise i a couple of things that come to mind for me right now it's little little one liners like okay, that's really interesting. That's not something that I'd realised. I might need a moment to digest that. So it's actually calling out that it has caught you off guard, it has caught you by surprise or even, oh, okay, that's interesting. I feel like that might be a blind spot for me.
1: Oh, that's so good.
2: So... I probably don't have a response right now, but if I can digest that, I'd love to come back and unpack it with you another time. Um, And even the language, I love, gosh, I love that so much. That might be a blind spot
1: because chances are it is if if you're surprised by it. It could also be obviously that they haven't communicated enough with you, but that really helps to kind of unlock some of the defensiveness. The other thing that I love to have up my sleeve is help me understand what you're seeing that maybe I'm not.
2: Yeah, so that's it. So I think a really nice curiosity is important and that's where the questioning comes in. So calling out that this could be a blind spot for you because it's not something that you'd realised before now. If you're feeling it, you could even add in a, but thank you for bringing it to my attention and then go into your questioning. And so your questioning absolutely is really open. It's very much, oh, okay, can you share more with me about that? And just just be the listener, Take you know take on the information, but don't necessarily feel to your point like you need to defend that. Mm. because you'll actually jump over the reflection time that you could do post that conversation that will be really valuable and may allow you to see oh wow that actually that's stung but it is powerful and useful for me to know because
1: in that reflection time and say if there is a follow-up conversation that happens out of a performance review you might have an let's say you have an annual performance review and you have monthly one-on-ones you could come back to your next one-on-one and say to your manager hey um I'd love to unpack what happened, what we talked about last time where you shared this piece of feedback with me. What I'd love that would really help me ongoing is if maybe we're able to have more regular conversations because I felt like in that moment I was surprised or it felt like a blind spot and I'd love to have more regular and ongoing feedback that will help me to grow.
2: Yeah. And, and you could add to that, particularly while this feedback is new to me, I might not recognize it in myself as easily. So if you can help me by providing me with the feedback in that moment where you see it happen, that will really help me overcome it.
1: Just before we move on to our final point, I've got a couple of other examples of questions that you can ask and questions are just to me the best thing, the best tool in your toolkit for any conversation that could potentially be difficult. And I shared this on LinkedIn the other day and I think there's some real value in instead of just saying to your boss, hey, Em, what feedback do you have about my performance? Get really targeted in that conversation. Because often the, t- the more targeted you are, the better the feedback. So a couple of other examples if you're getting to that point in the conversation where you've got, um, you want more feedback is over the last few months, what's been your biggest priority and how could I have I supported you in that? So you're asking the manager, what's been your priority, M, And is there any other ways I could have helped you in that? And another question to ask, and I'll leave it with this one is, has there been anything you expected of me, M? that you didn't get over the last month. Oh, that's a good one. Because Really good one. It just says to that manager, what what were you – because one of the biggest causes of conflict is misaligned expectations. So I'm expecting something from you and you didn't know that that was an expectation.
2: So there's this tension – that's brewing, or that sits there, yeah. and actually, it's just because we haven't communicated to the point that we're like, right, awesome, we're aligned, hundred percent on the same page. Let's get on with it.
1: That's right. So, so you're bridging the gap. So, by asking these questions in that feedback moment, is just so crucial. So, write those down and bring them to your performance review conversation.
2: And rightly or wrongly, as we have identified, some managers are better than others at providing feedback, and whether we like it or not. Everybody is human, just trying to do their best. If you can make it as easy as possible for your manager to feel like they can share feedback with you, then I'd prefer to focus on the fact that that gives you a better outcome for your career than to focus on whether they're a good or bad manager.
1: Mm, That is awesome.
2: Like put that to the side and just go, what do I need to do to get the best outcome for me? Don't worry about the ego.
1: Oh, you are so wise. Oh, (laughs) These moments, and uh, I, I'm always like, "What would M do in this situation?" Oh dear. And then here we are, and I learned so much from you. Okay, we're on to the home stretch now. Is that the expression? Yeah, we're on the home stretch. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, obviously, I don't, I don't get to the home stretch very often. <laughs> um, okay, so number six, the final one, is all about how you show up, and M. I know you're really passionate about this. Can you talk us through what that looks like for you?
2: Yeah. So again, I guess to to harp on about this idea of career self-reliance, you've done the majority of this process as you're realizing is preparation, but now you're here and you're in the conversation. I want you to be the person who does the majority of the talking. This is about you and this is about you taking ownership of your career your manager is your support person. They're the person that they've got their own career to look after quite frankly. So they're the person that is absolutely there to empower you, to hold you accountable, to be transparent with you and to meet you where it makes sense to meet you in regards to support so that you can achieve the stretch goals that you have proposed. But ultimately this one's on you. So I want you to show up and do the majority of the talking, share openly.
1: And tell your manager the support you need from them. Yeah. like Invite them in. People love to help. And when you ask someone for help, the natural inclination for most people is that they want to do that. So sitting down with your manager and saying, hey, I really noticed this is hard for me and I see that you're really good at this and I'd love your help in that. And we're not talking about flattery or being disingenuous. We're talking about being real but actually – it's okay to ask for
2: help. And in fact, people want to help you. Yeah. I often think about these conversations like, uh, I guess, relationship with our partner in our personal life and the anniversary. So what I mean by that is you you might talk to your partner every day and along the way, you're making little decisions and you're like checking in and you're like rerouting where you need to and just course correcting. But once a year, what we typically tend to do is we take the time to plan like the fancy dinner or the picnic or the weekend away as that milestone that marks our anniversary. Oh, this is such yeah. a great yeah. and example. And so I think about these so – there, look, there's some writing out there that you, you may come across that says like let's ditch these annual performance reviews, right? And I'm not ready to buy into that completely because I like the idea of saying – this one's just about taking quality time. Sure, we, we talk to each other every day, but we, we run busy lives. And so sometimes the quality can be a bit hit or miss. So let's make sure that on a semi-regular basis, whether that be annually or quarterly, we actually mark the moment with a milestone, like an anniversary. Ah, uh, That's such an amazing way to put it. And I think we want to have
1: that time to reflect back and go, what's worked? And then how am I going to bring that into the future Of this relationship, because it is a relationship. Like take the, you know, dynamics out of it and look at it. what it is. It's this relationship. We don't want it to be transactional. We want it to be value-add for both people, both parties.
2: Yeah, we're big fans of dream careers over dream jobs. But when you do hear someone talk about their dream job, it's not just what they're doing. It's who they're doing with. It's how they're doing it. And so much can be overcome by awesome conversations, which is part of what we're talking about here. By the end of this conversation, we want to also understand and get really clear on next steps. Mm. That might be the need for a follow-up conversation and particularly when we start talking about pay next week, we we might find that there does need to be a secondary conversation or a follow-up conversation on pay. There may also be other to-dos, other next steps like evaluating a training request or getting some more information or even if there's been a particularly – um, challenging or contentious or, or uh, I guess, a, a part of the conversation that perhaps you didn't expect. So, it might be around that feedback like we talked about. You might need some time or your manager might need some time to go and digest and then you're agreeing to come back in one week or come back in a few weeks and reconvene. Yeah, the ongoing nature
1: of this conversation is really important. So, we want to have clarity about those next steps and who's responsible for what. So it's not just your manager going away and doing everything. What are you going to do? Be really clear, get that clarity on what that is so that you can make sure that you're doing those things to get the outcome you want. And hey, we covered a lot of ground. There's a lot of prep that needs to happen. If you do these things, guarantee you will stand out in this conversation. It's going to set you up so well to grow, to get those next career opportunities and to get a good pay rise, which we will talk about in part two.
2: All right. Before we say goodbye, let us recap through our six steps for a performance review. Number one, get to know the process. Number two, find out what your boss wants. Number three, bring your own feedback. Number four, build your own stretch goals. Number five, agree in advance to yourself how you want to respond to your manager's feedback. And number six, show up.
1: Awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much for hanging out. As always, love your feedback. We love feedback here. We do. We've been talking a lot about feedback lately. We have everywhere actually. And as always... We love hearing from you, love your feedback. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend. That's how we get the word out there and leave us a five-star rating and review because people see the show more and then we get to do more episodes. Absolutely. And we want to make sure that we're on the right track. That's right. And you can find Em and I on LinkedIn, search us, connect with us. We love to meet you there. And until then, we will see you for
2: part two. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we have a bunch of different podcasts on a variety of topics. So go and check out My Millennial Investor, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Money Medical, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business and My Millennial Money.